Welcome, everybody. This is the Wichita Live podcast. I am Landon Huslick, host of the Wichita Life podcast and curator of the Wichita Life ICT Instagram. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Wichita Life podcast, where we look to highlight interesting people in and from Wichita, entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, world travelers, and much more. Welcome to the first episode of the Wichita Life podcast. Our first guest is Peyton Huslig, who also happens to be my youngest brother. Peyton plays quarterback for Missouri State University. Peyton spent his first collegiate season at Garden City Community College, where he led the Bronkbusters to an undefeated season and a national championship. He also earned offensive MVP of the national championship game. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Peyton Huslick. Welcome, everybody, to the Witch Live podcast. Our first guest is Peyton. How's it going, Peyton? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I am a 20-year-old. Um, I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Moved to Andover, Kansas when I was about three years old. Um, Andover's home, though. Like I grew up there, went to high school, and um, now I go to I went to Garden City Junior College to play football for one semester, and then went to I'm at Missouri State right now. So, yep. And <clears throat> you play football at Missouri State. Yes, sir. What is your major? Um, cell and molecular biology. Um, but it's basically pre-med because they don't have a pre-med program there. Gotcha. Okay. So do the most uh, pre-med people take that then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you if you plan to go to med school, you this is the major that you choose at Missouri State. Gotcha. Okay. Are there a lot of other football players that have this major or not? There is, I think, one other. Okay. Because I know in general a lot of athletes will take a lighter load since they're t- they're working hard during the football season it's hard to really focus but definitely yeah pretty There's impressive a lot of communications and business majors yeah mm-hmm. for sure um so pre-med so you're wanting to go to med school then yep for sure hopefully ku med shout out jayhawks um we'll see that how that goes currently applying to a scholars and rural health program which is a early admittance program through ku med that allows you to uh like have early acceptance and then you plan on working in a rural area somewhere in Kansas. Okay. That's awesome. And that's mainly because our family's grown up. A lot of our family lives out in rural areas and mm-hmm. gran- grandma and grandpa still live out there. And- yeah. Mom and dad are originally from Western Kansas. So just kind of give back, give back to the, the rural areas. That's awesome. Um, so in high school, at what point did you realize you either wanted to or you could play college sports? So honestly, um, going through middle school and going into really my sophomore year of high school, I thought college baseball was going to be the route. Um, my sophomore year, I I started probably more than half the games in left field, and my, I was really really good at hitting. And then um, decided to focus on football in the off season, and came back my junior year for baseball, and was absolutely terrible. <laughs> could could not hit anything whatsoever. So, um, decided football would be would be a better option. Okay. Did you see a future where you didn't play football, or was that kind of just the goal and you didn't really see another option? Um, so, I knew for sure that I wanted to play some type of sports in college, because um, just with like financial status and stuff like that, I wanted to help our parents out as much as we could with paying for college. <laughs> and while my academics were very like very good compared to everybody else, um, I felt that like football or baseball would, would have been the best way to pay. Sure. And 
you're playing Division One now. So did you think your junior or senior year when you were thinking about football instead of baseball, did you see D1 or were you just trying to play at any level? D1 was always a goal because I was trying to get a full ride. I was wanted as much money as I could to pay for college. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I guess D1 was always a goal. But sure. that's not what really landed there. Right. Um, I guess, so... D1, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can either get some offers out of high school um, or you could try to walk on somewhere or go the JUCO route. So I guess what was your thought process? I know it's kind of hard in Wichita in general. A lot of the kids get looked over. Even really good kids don't really get a chance. So mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so there is an athlete that went to um, – <laughs> forgive me if I'm wrong, Devontae, but uh, I think he went to North maybe. Devontae Harris, he went to Illinois State out of high school and he said it best he says only freaks come out of Wichita and not that everybody in Wichita is a freak but you have to be a freak to get out and um I thought that was really a really good way to put it because college coaches really look over Kansas because because they don't think that the competition or anything is very good here so you really really have to prove yourself and stand out a lot to get noticed so that's why like for me I I had a decent junior year, which is like the most important year for college recruiting for football. And I had a really, really good senior year, but it was basically too late to get any offers, especially at the quarterback position, um, to go D1. So that's why I ended up going to Juca route. Sure. So college athlete, everyone always says how that's a full-time job. So what's a day in the life of a college athlete look like? Either in the summer, um, since you're about to go back for summer camp, or during the season? So summer's a little bit laid, more laid back. We usually take um, one or two summer classes, which I'm taking a physics class this summer. And then we have workouts five days a week. We run in the morning, and then depending on when your class is, you lift throughout the day, depending on when you can, really. And then a lot of the guys like to get jobs during the summer just because uh, we don't get stipends in the summer if you're on scholarship. Mm-hmm. So they usually get jobs to um, have like leader spending Stuff like that. Um, this summer, I'm choosing to volunteer at a hospice um, place in Springfield. And then also at this place called Equilibrium, which is um, equine or thor- horse therapy for disabled children. That's awesome. Um, so during the season, what's it look like? So you have games on Saturdays or a couple games on Thursdays this year. Um, What's it look like during the week with practice and class and trying to balance everything and get mm-hmm. enough sleep? and Yeah, so <clears throat> um, during the week, we usually practice um, hard practice Tuesday, hard practice Wednesday, lighter practice Thursday, and then helmets or walk-through practice Friday or travel day Friday, and um, then game Saturday, obviously. And from Missouri State, if we win, we have just a couple hours of meetings. We watch film and then... Um, start game planning for the next week on Sundays. But if we lose, we have those meetings and a short practice, like an hour practice. So um, I know a lot of other teams uh, don't practice on Sundays at all. They have like Sunday and Monday off. They just do meetings and stuff. But um, really, so like I guess during the season we have, or like during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we do um, a workout in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday usually. <clears throat> we usually have like a get rid of soreness day, like sure. stay healthy day on mm-hmm. Sundays. Um, but then that's as in the morning and then you have class all day. And then from like two to six, you have 
like blocked off just for football. Like you can't have any classes, can't have any study hall time there. And then um, after that, you have your homework and some of the walk-ons have jobs that they have to go to after that, which is <laughs> shout out to walk-ons because that's, in, that's incredible. But that's basically about the typical day. Does that make it difficult with the two to six blocked off? Does that make it difficult to schedule classes? Are there certain classes you just can't take then or you have to miss that kind of stuff? Or um, So for my major, not typically because a lot of the science classes are in the morning. Okay. Um, but it has it does affect like I'm no I know business majors it affects um at least a few of them I know a few people that have been like late to practice every like Wednesday or something like that just because they have class but uh, I'm lucky I've I think I'm running into my first problem this semester this fall sure um so you've been at a couple schools now you were at Garden City for a semester and now at um Garden City for a season or at Missouri State for another season um what is one of your favorite college football memories or a couple of your favorite memories that's tough um I feel like most people might think it's the national championship game, which don't get me wrong, that was one of the best feelings of my life. But um, <clears throat> my best memory is probably the first start that I had at um, Garden City. It was against um, Butler Community College, week four of the season. So I really didn't play nearly, really at all up until then. I had maybe two minutes of game like playing time before then during the first four games, and um, getting that first start really the stars aligned. Like, we had a transfer come in week two, and he played a couple games, and then he got suspended. And so they were thinking about going back to the guy that was starting the first couple games of the year. But then stars aligned, I got my start, and I really just played out of my mind that game. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just I basically the game of my life and got player of the week for the conference. And I feel like that kind of cemented my spot for the, the rest of the year. Sure. Yeah, I think my favorite memory of yours would probably be either the national championship game. So you played down against Arizona Western for that game. Um, And I'll try to link this in the notes, but the last drive of the game, we were down a couple points, and they were about to score. Mm -hmm. Defense got a stop. Incredible defense. Best defense I've ever seen on the field (laughs) at one time. And it was at the Juco level. And then you led an 85-yard drive to win the game. Mm -hmm. And that was incredible. I mean, everybody in the stands thought it was over. We were like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the best feelings. And then um, your first start at the D1 level against an SEC school playing Missouri. And you go off for 350 and Mm -hmm. back and forth the whole first half. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was was fun. That was incredible. That was really fun. Um, so what's the most difficult part of being a college athlete? Um, definitely with uh, – I'd definitely say with the balance. Like balance between sports, academics, social life, and um, just knowing like you have to – like to stay healthy, you need a balance. Like you can't, you can't just focus on 100% school, 100% sports, and then have right. no social life because then you're just not going to be happy. But um, So I'd say balance because especially with academics, like you – to stay on top of academics, especially during the season, like you really have no time during the week for social life. So like if you you really become friends with the people that you're in your classes with so you can study with them and hang out with them or obviously with the team. So I definitely say balance. Yeah, definitely. Um so junior college, everybody talks about the JUCO grind and everybody that makes it through and <laughs> gets to the next level, even a lot of guys to the pros are really proud of being a JUCO product. So what is it about 
junior college, junior college football or athletics in general at that level? What makes it so difficult? Um, I feel like just the, the struggle <clears throat> of not knowing where you're going to be after or if you're going to make it out or not because there's so many players that go through there. Like I know at the beginning of the summer at Garden, we had over 180 kids like trying out for the team. Unbelievable. And so, like, I feel like it's just knowing that, like, you have so many people that want to do what you want to do at the same time, but there's not that many spots for everybody. Right. So, and, like, also on top of that, like, just, like, the places that Juco's usually are, like, for Garden City, it's in the middle of western Kansas, which Garden City is not a bad town at all, but it's just not a great place, especially right. if you're if you're coming from <clears throat> Florida, if you're coming from California. A lot of out-of-state kids going to yeah. the mid- literally the middle of nowhere, exactly. basically. And- yeah. And so... It's just, and then on top of that, um, I can really only speak for Garden City because that's what I went through. But um, Coach Sims at Garden City doing absolutely amazing things out there. But um, he he's tough. Like he's he's tough on everybody. If you're not there to play, and if you're not committed, then he's his mindset is basically get the out. Excuse my excuse my language, but um, his mindset's like like we started with 180 um, in the summer, and halfway through the summer. We um, had already gotten rid of probably 40 or 50 kids, and we brought in 40 or 50 more halfway through the summer. And then by the national championship game, we had 44 players on our roster. That's crazy. So, like, if you weren't, if you weren't committed to play for us, then he, he literally either kicked you off or made it so you would quit. So, yeah, that's, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can make it through that. Yeah. Um, so... Kind of one more question about football and that kind of stuff. Um, what advice would you give a high school athlete who wants to play college sports? Any freshman, sophomore, up to senior, anybody under up under or upperclassmen? Um, I mean, if you're if you're even thinking about it, I would recommend it. Like, go out at least at least try it because I've heard too many stories of oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have tried it. And like even our our dad, like I talked to him earlier today, and he was talking about oh, I wish I wouldn't have quit up for his. And I was like, I mean, I understand. Like, I, if I would have quit out of high school, and I mean, at Garden City, honestly, like that was during fall camp. That was the closest I've ever been to quitting football, and not many people probably know that because of all like the success stories that they hear. But like going through fall camp, I was, like there was nights I literally like was sitting in my bed, staying up all night, just thinking like, man, why am I here? And I asked like a couple of the upperclassmen, which are upperclassmen at JUCO's or sophomores, basically, or like redshirt sophomores. But um, I asked him, I said, like, how, how do you get through this? Because two days we had, we had a three-hour practice in the morning, meetings until lunch, had a lunch break, had a workout, um, study hall, and then more meetings until dinner, had a dinner break. I think we had one-hour break around dinner, and then we would have another practice from 6.30 to almost 10 o'clock at night, bed check at 10.30, and then we were supposed to be up the next day ready to go for practice again. So like that was, that was the closest I've ever been to quitting football, just because it was so mentally exhausting, I guess, to right. continuously be working that much. So I guess the the advice I'd give is make sure make sure you love it, and like it's more than just fun when it gets to college. Like obviously I love the game; it's a, it's a ton of fun. I have fun out there with the guys, but it's it turns into a job. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's more than a full time job. Yeah, I have a full time job, and that's forty <laughs> hours a week. That sounds way more <clears throat> yeah. above and beyond. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, I've just got a few questions to ask, um, just different stuff about life in general and that kind of stuff. So what is something you often recommend to people? Um, it can be a book, movie, TV show, music. Mm, that's a tough question. Um, I would probably say the number one thing that I recommend is a book by Tim Grover. Um, title is Relentless. And it's just a book about um, really competitive edge and while it's really centered around sports, it it can be tailored to really any aspect of life, whether that be business, um, religion, really anything, however you want to look at it. And um, yeah, I mean, I think you've read the book, haven't you? Yeah, you recommended it to me. I think Carson read it too, and then um, you both recommended it to me. So I, re- I mean, I read it just a couple of years ago, and I wasn't playing sports. Just mm-hmm. I think it might have been towards the end of college or when I started in the workplace, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. He worked with, I mean, a lot of the greats, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. And took took a little bit from every one of those and just like learned from them. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of his sayings is like, coolers are good, closers are great, but cleaners are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. The cleaners are the ones that we remember and still yeah. talk about 20 so, years after they've stopped playing. Yeah, exactly. So he just like classifies people in those three categories, whether that, and like, it was interesting during the the writing of the book, um, he said that LeBron was not a cleaner, which I'm pretty sure he came out in an interview after saying that he was, which I think is definitely true. LeBron right. Is I haven't I haven't heard follow up interviews since I've read the book. Cause I know the book isn't brand new or anything, and we're recording this in June of 2018, right in the middle of the NBA playoffs, and <laughs> LeBron James is unstoppable. He's yeah. not necessarily winning, but not much he can do about some of the other stuff. He's exactly. incredible. Um, so which would you classify yourself as? Are you a cooler, a closer, or a cleaner? That is also a tough question. Um, I would say you can look at it in a lot of different aspects of life, whether that be in sports. I feel like um, at certain moments, I would say I was a cleaner. So, like, for example, for the national championship game, I think I was a cleaner during the Mizzou game. I think I was a cleaner, but I definitely can't say that for every game. And I feel like... Um, to be a true cleaner, you have to be able to repeat. And like that's what made Michael Jordan cleaners because he was dominant for so long. Same with Kobe, same with LeBron now. Like that a cleaner is one that can continue to be great, play at a high level and be great over a span of say five, right. ten years. And so I can't really <clears throat> say that I've been a cleaner yet, I guess. And then you also gotta look at it whether like in other aspects of life, because obviously sports isn't everything like you you still have your career and all of that so I'd say like education wise um I mean I have a 382 right now cumulative um, GPA in college and one of the hardest majors at Missouri State so I would say I don't know if I'm a cleaner necessarily because I definitely don't study as much as I could but um I'd probably say probably closer for education and then um you also look at it as religion, and with religion, honestly, like I'm not at my best, um, which it's sad to admit, but yeah, I, it's definitely just something I need to put more time into, but make it more of a priority in my life. Yeah, I mean, that that can be hard for anybody. I mean, it's easy to put faith on the back burner mm-hmm. and spending either alone time or quiet time with God, um, or even just cracking open your Bible. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's real easy to push, push that to the back burner, even to open up a different book rather than that. And yeah, yeah, I know it's it's definitely hard, but I think it's good to try to just set time aside, whether it's first thing in the morning or something, and kind of make it a habit. That's one of definitely. the biggest things. And like, while I say like it's not a huge priority, it's still like 
God is first and for like no matter what. But like I I don't go to church as often as I should. And like I know a lot of people say like don't judge yourself by how often you go to church or how often you necessarily read the Bible because like I pray all the time. Like I'm always thinking like oh like thinking about others and stuff like that and like thinking about how God is in my life and how he affects my life. So like it's not like I don't like think about God a lot, but like just like going to church, I could definitely go to church more often than sure. I do. And then reading the Bible, I could definitely I could find find time in the day to read right. a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, what I've found to help is um just find a good devotional. Ten mm-hmm. or fifteen minutes in the morning. Um it's a couple pages to go over, um a couple of verses to read. And I don't know, that's really helped me lately and then I'd like to share the verses with you and Carson and mm-hmm. some of the other guys. Just yeah. that's stuff that stands bit. out to me. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I really like doing that in the morning. Definitely. That's helped me a lot. Uh, just like the verses you send. Because I, I always look those up and read those. So, sure. definitely helps out. Helps to have a, like not necessarily a Bible study group, but a group that you can talk about God comfortably with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, as brothers, I think that's something we could work on as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. 100%. Definitely be, I mean, we... I think we talk about important stuff. Obviously, we're like we talk about sports and everything. I mean, you're an athlete, but we talk about important and deeper stuff, deeper level. But we could definitely go even yeah. deeper on that. It's really important to have hard conversations. I learned that from um, Coach Flesky in high school. Actually, shout out to Coach Flesky. <laughs> um, he uh, he always told me like it's important to have someone that you can talk and have hard conversations that you don't necessarily want to talk about. Right and. Um, yeah, like you said, it makes you grow as a person. It helps you grow, obviously, in your faith and just makes you a better around yep. person. Yeah, Coach Fusky's a great guy. Um, what is your favorite failure in any aspect of life? I think I would say not getting an offer in, out of high school because, um, well, I had offers, but none were um, scholarship offers, really. Like, no no Division twos wanted me. Um I had a couple offers from Division One non scholarship schools, um, Stetson University, Valparaiso University, and then Drake. And um, while those are all like amazing schools, um, and I even took a visit to Stetson, that which is in Deland, Florida, and it was a beautiful university, and really almost sold me on it. But um, the ultimate goal out of high school was to get my school paid for. So right. I think that failure kind of. <laughs> Like let the stars align, I guess, in a yeah. way. Motivate you to help you get through JUCO. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the goal you're exactly. trying to get to at the end. And I feel like through high school and through uh, my older brother Carson, um, he really motivated me, and he like he kept telling me like you are you are better than Stetson, you are better than like you you can go to Division One. Don't so, settle. Exactly. He, he yeah. He always told me not to settle. And honestly, on the the visit to Stetson, I had called him in the hotel room and I was like hey man like I, th- I think I might commit here and he's like Peyton shut up like don't do anything yet he's like come home for a week and if you still feel the same then I'll support you but don't do anything right now and I was like alright and he called it the honeymoon stage which I thought was really funny um, but he was right <laughs> a week later I realized I was like look I really don't want to go to Setson like I, I want to get my school paid for and I think that next week I um, committed to Garden City what is your definition of success that's a, it's a very hard definition. Um, I feel like it really depends on the person. So, like, I feel like, say some person's trying to lose weight, and they make a goal that if you lose 20 pounds, they want them to lose 20 pounds in a month, or not a month, six months. And say 
through the course of six months, they only lose 15 pounds. Well, they didn't make their goal. They're not successful on their goal, but they're still successful. They still they still made progress. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really success is in the eye of the beholder. Like, you can't let other people define your success. Like, if you are making progress and you are happy, then I feel like you're successful. Yeah. And I've always heard growing up, um, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And that never really clicked until the last few years, but it really does ring true. Um it's just it's every it's the stuff you do every day that can yeah. help make you successful. And again, it's in the eye of the beholder. It's kind of whatever. If it's happiness, then that makes you successful. Then make yourself happy. I mean, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Push yourself. Um, Will Smith has a saying: "What's on the other side of fear?" So I think that's just about pushing yourself, um, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, right? And I don't know, just trying to improve yeah. yourself or just put yourself in situations you might not otherwise and. What's on the other side of fear? Nothing. Exactly. It's really not about surviving. It's more about thriving. Like you really yep. want to push yourself and get to that next level. <clears throat> um, so tell me about a life motto you live by or the best advice you've received. Um, some of the best advice I received is from Coach Sims um, at Garden City. Uh, we, went, we had a motto that I feel like it's, it pairs with the advice and motto. Um, I still still try to live by that with really any aspect in my life and that's to go one and oh every day and that's like each day like you reset in your mind like forget about what i did yesterday um whatever i need to do i need to win today and so we really even broke it down even further when we were in um garden city to like i want to go one and oh in this practice this this certain play i want to go one and oh what what can i do on this play to be successful for this play and then after that play is over start it over next play and um, we have a similar um, way of thinking at Missouri State. Um, it's called uh, whistle to snap. And so it's park it, think right, find what matters, and then let it go. So after the play, you got to park whatever happened in that play. Just leave it, leave it in that play. Think right. Think what could have gone better. Think of what you can do better on each play. Um, really be positive on, like, the outlook. And then find what matters. Find whatever matters out of what you were just thinking about, like whether you need to do better on this next play, what you need, what steps you could do on this play to make yourself in a better position, and then let it go. And then right after you let all of that go. So after that, you just you go on to the next play. Yeah, I I really like that, and it, it's important to look at break it down further like that, mm-hmm. and the one and oh. And it, it's tough to do because like you find yourself almost going through the motions and like nobody wants to admit that but everybody does it at some time mm-hmm. and um whether that be in a meeting in the in the workroom uh right. at, at coke or whatever yeah um you might find yourself oh just like daydreaming not really paying attention but if everybody truly went one and no on and everything and everything think of how successful yeah. people would be like that that's really what happened at garden city is everybody bought in and i say everybody as in the 44 people that were on the roster <laughs> and the next one. made it to the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. And so another uh, um, little drop of advice that I've gotten was from uh, back in fifth and sixth grade. Um, one of my good friend's grandfather helped out with the team. Um, his name was Grandpa Ron. And he, uh, he gave us a plaque at the end of the year. And on it, it had a quote that he had come up with. And it says, um, if good is good enough, then you're as good as you'll ever be. 
But if you believe you can be better and work to achieve, then better is what you'll continually be. And while that's kind of a tongue twister and maybe hard to remember, I don't know, I've, I've remembered that throughout my life and it honestly comes up into my head more often than not, which I like random times. So, I mean, that's always stuck with me. And it's like, basically, if, if you think it's good, it's good enough. That's kind of goes back to the, the surviving versus thriving thing. Like, if you think it's good, it's good enough, then that's, you'll, you'll just stick to that. But if you can believe you can be better, then you can continually be better. There's, right. no, there's no limits, really. Right. That's awesome. Um, what is a habit that you have developed over the past few years that has most improved your life? I feel like uh, mental toughness, really. Like, obviously that entails like a lot of things. It's not just a habit, but um, mental toughness in general, going through um, the junior college and like getting up for weights throughout all my college career. Um, really the past year, mostly. Uh, like I used to, before then, I used to hate getting up early. I would always dread getting up early. and going. Like I love working out and I love being with the team and everything, but like the, the early mornings really mm-hmm. catch up on you. But um, this past year, I've gotten in a very good habit of um, playing, like, different, a few, a few songs, really, like, um, Every Day by Logic. I usually, <laughs> I usually walk to a wait site with that on, just playing out loud. And so, I don't know, like, close your eyes and imagine for a second just walking out of your apartment, and you're walking through, going towards campus, so, like, the taller buildings, like, the really nice buildings, and the sunrise going right above that, and then walking to Every Day. Um, it's, it's honestly... It, Get it, sound, it sounds super cheesy, but it get, it gets me going like every single day. And so I feel like that's a good habit where I wake up feeling happy, not like, oh man, I have to go to weights. I You're feel looking like, forward to it. Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. And it, it really is just a good start to the day. Um, here's a curveball that I didn't give you any heads up for, but <laughs> so the flow, what's the story behind the hair? <laughs> um, so back my... Was it junior year? Yeah. Yeah, okay. End of, end of junior year, maybe? Yeah. Spring, it was spring break of my junior year. Um, I went to a Rivals um, quarterback camp. And so me, my dad, and my middle brother, Carson, um, drove down to Dallas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And um, went to the camp there and went through the camp, and I was definitely weighing over my head. Like, I wasn't – my junior year, I was – my throwing form, my mechanics – my footwork were not near what they are right now. And I can credit that to Steve Cisneros after he, he got me right. He, uh, he's a Wichita native, lived in Wichita for a long time. Um, great dude, great quarterback coach, knows his stuff. Um, and we do hope to have him on the podcast at some point. So, Steve, we're coming for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so I went, went down to the camp, and afterwards we stayed the night in the hotel, and me and Carson were in the hot tub talking and we were like, man, like, what, what do I need to do better? Like, what can I do to, <laughs> like, match those quarterbacks that were at the, at the camp? And um, I, I brought up, there was a kid there that had some really long hair, and he was really, really good. And I was like, dude, like, maybe it's the hair. Like, maybe I just need to grow <laughs> my hair out. And he was like, honestly, screw it. And he was like, why not? Like, might as well try it. And so, <laughs> uh, mostly joking, but um, I ended up not cutting my hair for over a year and a half. <laughs> and so... <laughs> It's it's really long now. You what? Finally got it trimmed for my wedding, I think. I got it. <laughs> I got it barely trimmed for his wedding, and then didn't cut it until after the national championship game. Uh, that was after my freshman year of college, first year or first semester of freshman <laughs> year. 
So, and then I cut it then, I cut four inches off then, and haven't cut it since again. Are there any plans, or is that sticking around until you're done playing football? So, uh, I'm planning on donating it, um, not sure where yet, but to some foundation that, whatever I choose, I guess then, but yeah. I'm hopefully growing it until after the season. Yeah. All right. It's going to look a lot different once you finally cut it. <laughs> no one's going to recognize you. Definitely. Um... So what is your favorite part of Wichita or maybe a hidden gem of Wichita for the local people? Um, favorite area is probably uh, like the College Hill area. Okay, um, like probably like Clifton Square? Yep, yeah, Clifton Square with uh, Ziggy's um, and Dempsey's and College yep. Hill Creamery. Yeah, all, that, all those um, businesses are really, really good. Like really, really good date places. Um, even just with friends and stuff like that, it's, it's a really, really, really good time over there. Um, a place to eat that I feel like not a lot of people know about, and it's it's really I think it's the best in Wichita, honestly. Is a uh, Poblano's Mexican Grill over on um, Greenwich, Greenwich and, and Kellogg. Yep, Greenwich and Kellogg, right by the Palace. Yep, and that place. I mean, it's been it's family owned. It's been the same guys working there since my probably freshman year of high school. It's been the same people working there since my freshman year. Yeah, so it's long, family business. <laughs> long awesome. time. Those guys are amazing. Nicest people you ever meet. And the food is amazing, so that, that definitely go try that out. If you haven't been there, Poblano's is a similar Chipotle-style Mexican mm-hmm. place. But in my opinion, I mean, it's better than Chipotle. Better it's, than it's, it's not a Qdoba versus Chipotle debate. It's Poblano's yes. is better than all of the above. So <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, if you haven't been there, go check it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're awesome people, and it's awesome food. Um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or anything that you would improve about Wichita? It could be anything. Um, I know there. I haven't been here for a lot of the time the past couple of years, so I, I don't know much about the, the the bunch of new chicken places. But I know in Springfield that we have Zaxby's, and Zaxby's would knock all of these chicken places out of the water, guaranteed. These Zaxby's is by, by far the best chicken I've ever had. I guess I've only had Zaxby's a couple times, and it's probably been a couple of years. But we've got a. Chicken Max and Slim Chickens over there, and I don't know. It's tough. I might, we might have to have a chicken contest and just have a bunch of it and just make a final decision on which one's the best. Seriously. Um, so kind of the last question, what does Wichita mean to you? Wichita's home, I guess. I mean, I've grown up here. Obviously, I was born in Omaha, but, I mean, I've grown up here my entire life. Um, it's just home. Like the Obviously, I live in Andover, but Wichita... Um, the river fest, going through the parks and stuff like that, and um, just everything. I guess I couldn't imagine growing up anywhere else. And like people were like, "Oh, I can't wait wait to get out of Wichita." But I mean, I feel like once I if I do leave, then it'll be a really sad time because I'll miss it a lot. Yep. Um, any final comments or anything? Or um, if you're looking to be a college athlete, just make sure make sure you have the work ethic and. While it is a lot of fun, and I recommend if you're even thinking about it to definitely try, um, just know it's a job for sure. All right, Peyton, where can people find you on social media? Um, Twitter and Instagram. Um, pretty sure if you just type in my name, Peyton Huesling, um, you should be able to find me. All right, Peyton, this has been fun. Hopefully we can do this whenever you're in town or I can come to Springfield or we can just call and for sure. record some more episodes. Um, sure. Thanks for sitting down with me and... Um, Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, Keep an eye out for more Wichita Live podcasts. And Peyton, good luck this season. Appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to this first episode of the Wichita Live podcast. 
Thank you to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeict.com. If you have any comments or recommendations for who we should interview or any other recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, hasta luego.